Good, we're all set. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We come together to sit before the Word of God because it's important to hear from God. Our God is a speaking God and he speaks to his people continuously. So may we have open hearts and open ears. May we be receptive to hear what the Spirit will say to the church today. Earlier, our brother Ronaldo prayed for us and interceded on our behalf. And prayer is very important. As Christians, we are praying people. And that's the theme of my message today. I want to talk about the theme of prayer. It's a vast topic, so I'm only going to touch a very small aspect of the theme of prayer. When we teach and preach about prayer, it's important to be wary of certain pitfalls. Sometimes we can preach, teach, and talk so much about prayer that we neglect to pray. <laughs> it's possible to talk about prayer a lot, but pray very little. So that's, we have to be wary of that. Also, another thing that we have to be wary of is that we don't teach about prayer in such a way that we make it complicated and difficult so that people think, wow, this isn't for me. This is too complicated. This is too difficult. I better leave it to the experts. <laughs> there are no experts when it comes to prayer. We're all called to pray. There's only one distinction when it comes to prayer. Those who do pray and those who don't pray. That's the only distinction there is. There is no such thing as experts in prayer. After all, prayer is just communicating with our Heavenly Father. It's as simple as that. It's not complicated, it's not difficult. So today, that's my theme. I want to speak about prayer. Scripture is full of prayer. In the Old Testament, we have many examples of prayer. In the New Testament, we have many examples teaching on prayer. And our Lord certainly taught about prayer. That was one of his main themes. So we're going to have a look at one of... an example from our Lord's teaching on prayer. We're going to have a look at a parable. As you know, the Lord taught many times through parables and by parables. And we're going to have a look at a parable that our Lord taught about prayer. As you know, the disciples said, Lord... Teach us how to pray. And he did. He taught them how to pray. We're going to have a look at the parable that teaches us how to pray. Since we are also his disciples. The passage we're going to have a look at is Luke 18. Very familiar passage. I guess most of you... When I, by heart, Luke 18, 1 to 8. 
You may know it as the parable of the persistent widow. The important word there is persistent. That's the key to the whole passage. And what is persistence? Persistence is to continue to persevere in spite of obstacles, in spite of objections, in spite of difficulties, in spite of setbacks. That's persistence. It's stickability, durability, the ability to keep going in difficult times. When the going gets tough, the persistent keep going. That's my message today. I'm going to read the first eight verses and then we're going to see what God might say to us today. Okay, Luke 18, starting from verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable. Why? To show them that they should always pray and not give up, not faint. He said, in a certain time, town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men, cared about people. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about people, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Let's begin at the beginning. Let's go back to verse 1. What can we learn from the parable of the persistent widow and the unjust judge? Because the judge is important also. He's important to the story. Let's say this first. The parable of the persistent widow and the unjust judge is part of a series of illustrative lessons Jesus used to teach his disciples about prayer. It's one of a series. Luke 18.1 Luke introduces this lesson as a parable meant to show the disciples that they should always pray and never give up. Verse 2 the parable of the widow and the judge is set in an unnamed town. We don't know the name of the widow, the name of the judge, the name of the town. But they're not important. What's important is the lesson. To always pray and never give up. Over that town presides an unjust judge 
who has no fear of God and no care or compassion for the people under his jurisdiction. In those days, a judge was also a ruler. Today, a judge is part of, we might say, part of the establishment. And very few of us probably know a judge personally. We see them on TV, we hear about in the newspapers, but I would suggest that very few of us knew, know any of our judges on a personal basis. But in those days, everyone knew who the judge was. The judge was a prominent person in the town, in the community. In fact, sometimes he wasn't just part of the establishment, he was the establishment. He ruled the town, he executed judgment. Everyone knew who he was, because quite often you interacted with that judge. If there were any disputes, you went to the judge. So he would be known on a personal basis. But this judge was an unjust judge. No compassion, no fear of God. He didn't care about anyone apart from himself. A very poor reflection on what he should be. Because a judge, then and now, stands in the place of God. You realise that? A judge executes judgment on God's behalf. That's his purpose. That should be his role. This judge was nothing like that. He was unjust. He didn't live up to what he should be. Because God is a king and God is a judge. And he rules and reigns according to his justice and according to his righteousness. And that's the expectation we should have of our judges. They should rule and reign according to God's justice and according to God's righteousness. Not quite sure how well they fit the bill. But that's the expectation that we should have of them. Let's look at God as a judge. It's important to get this context because it helps us to understand the parable to its full extent. God is a king and God is a judge. Genesis 18.25 Abraham says, Will not the judge of all the earth do right? You see, Abraham had an expectation that since God is a judge, that he will do right. That was his expectation. So that's what he said. Deuteronomy 1.17 Moses says to those who he had appointed to be judges over the people, Do not be afraid of man, for judgment belongs to God. Every judgment belongs to God. Every time we make a judgment, we make that judgment on God's behalf, according to God's God's justice and righteousness. All judgment comes from God. He is the source of all justice. Psalm 9, 7 to 8. David says, The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne. Why? For judgment. He will judge the world in righteousness 
He will govern the peoples with justice. Psalm 96.13, the psalmist speaking of God says, He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his truth. That's the character of God as judge. In the Jewish community, a judge was expected to be impartial, to judge righteously, and to recognise that judgment belongs to God. So we can see the judge in this story, he's incompetent and unqualified for his purpose and for his role. So justice was not being served. This judge was failing in his duty. I'm just giving you a bit of background so that you understand the concept of judgment and the role of the judge in this story, because he's, a, he's an important factor in the story. Verse 3, Luke 18, 3. A needy widow repeatedly comes before the judge to plead her cause, to plead her case. Why is that important? Remember who we said the judge was. The judge is a ruler. The judge is the establishment. The judge sets the law. In those days, the judge was the law. He made the law. He didn't go to a book and see what the laws were. He made judgments himself. His word was law. So the woman recognised, first of all, that she had a need, and she recognised where to go, who to see, to have her need satisfied. We're needy people, aren't we? It's important to recognise your need. Some people pretend that they don't have any needs. It's important, to, if you have a need, to recognise your need. But it's also important to know where to go, who to see, to have your need satisfied. Many people are running around with their needs, going to the wrong place, to have their needs met their needs satisfied. If you've got a need, you, you need to go. You need to know where to go. You need to go to God. He is a judge, a righteous judge, a God of justice. He's the one that we go to. So this widow, she knew where to go to. In fact, the judge was the only place she could go. The judge was the law. He was the only one she could see. So she went to the judge. Now, according to Jewish law, widows deserve special protection under the justice system. Deuteronomy 24, 17 to 21 explains this. I'll just read the first verse. It says, do not deprive the alien or the fatherless of justice or take the cloak of the widow as a pledge. You know there's pledges, don't you? If something is owing, you can pledge something till the loan is repaid. And God, through Moses, is saying, don't take a pledge from a widow. Don't take a cloak from her. She may not be able to pay her loan back for a while, and in the meantime, she's without her cloak. 
That's the meaning of that verse. Deuteronomy 10.18 He, that is God, defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the alien, giving him food and clothing. In the New Testament, James 1.27 Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So widows are important to God. They deserve justice. But this unjust judge ignores the widow. And remember, as a judge, he sits in the place of God. He's a representative of God. He is required to administer and to dispense the justice of God. So he's unworthy of the position and role of a judge. Nevertheless, the widow refused to give up. And Jesus commends the widow for her persistence. Persistence is always commended by God. Persistence is always rewarded by God. Though the unjust judge refuses to give her justice, she does not give up. Luke 18.3 says, She kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. So how persistent are you when you pray? How quickly do you give up? How often do you say, oh, I prayed yesterday and nothing's happened today. <laughs> God hasn't heard my prayer. God hasn't answered my prayer. Never, never say God hasn't answered my prayer. Always say, I have not yet received my answer. God will always answer your prayer if you pray in faith. So be persistent in your prayer. And don't give up too quickly. Many people pray, they don't see an answer and they give up. They say, oh, that's it. God didn't hear me, or God's not going to answer. And they move on. Never do that. If you pray, leave your prayer with God and wait on him for the answer. Luke 18, 4-5 For some time this judge refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice. Wow. <laughs> so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. What sort of judge is that? The widow gets the justice she was seeking. The unjust judge finally agrees to her request. Not because he fears God or because he cares about the widow. He grants her request only because he cares about himself. He doesn't represent God very well, does he? So there are two lessons we can learn from the first part of this parable. 
First of all, Luke 18.1, we should always pray and never give up. We must be persistent in our prayer. And we must never give up in our prayer. Giving up displays an attitude of faithlessness. Never say that God hasn't answered my prayer. That type of attitude, that statement, reveals a lack of faith. Never say that. Say rather, I'm still waiting for the answer. God has heard my prayer and he will answer my prayer. Prayer requires faith in the God who answers prayer. That he has both heard my prayer and that he will also answer my prayer. That's faith. That's trust. So she kept coming to the unjust judge with the plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. And that's the second lesson we can learn from this parable. We must be consistent in our prayer. Both persistent and consistent. What does consistent mean? First of all, we don't know the cause of her complaint or who her adversary was. It's not explained. But what we do know is that she consistently came with the same request. It says she came consistently and said, grant me justice against my adversary. Her prayer didn't change according to the circumstances, according to the time of day, according to how she felt, according to how the judge seemed. Her prayer was the same. Consistently, grant me justice against my adversary. Don't change your prayer according to your circumstances, according to how things seem, according to your mood. Pray consistently. You know what you need from God? Pray consistently for that thing. Be persistent and be consistent. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. Or rather, I hope you're understanding what God is saying. He wants us to pray persistently and pray consistently. Luke 18, 6 to 7. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? So here are two more lessons to be learned from the second part of the parable. First of all, Jesus explains, if an uncaring, unfit, ungodly judge answers with justice in the end, how much more will a loving and holy father give what is right to his children? Isn't that true? In fact, our Heavenly Father knows what we need even before we ask. The scripture says all good gifts come from above, from our Heavenly Father. If the unjust judge finally relented and gave this widow her request, will not our 
Loving Heavenly Father, answer our request? The answer's got to be yes. Certainly. Of course. See, our Lord compares and contrasts the unjust judge with our Heavenly Father. The unjust judge is uncaring, unfit, and ungodly. Whereas our Heavenly Father is just, caring, trustworthy, and faithful in his nature. Deuteronomy 32, 3-4. Moses says, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect. And all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. Jeremiah, Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. Because of the great, sorry, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Why? Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isn't God good? His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is good. 1 Peter 5, 7. Peter says, Cast all your anxiety, all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. This parable teaches us that we should be consistent and persistent in our prayer and that we can only have confidence that our prayers will only be heard and answered because of the character and nature of our Heavenly Father because of his love because of his faithfulness so let's continue to pray there's no reason not to pray our Heavenly Father is a God of love a God of faithfulness. So let's persist in our prayer. And as Jesus says, may we never give up. May we not faint. May we not lose heart. May we never become discouraged. Let's persist. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Verse 8, Luke 18 8. Jesus says, I tell you that he, that God, will see that they get justice. Those who persist in their prayer. And quickly. Now there's something we must learn about this. It's important. Even though Jesus says that, that we, that they will get justice and quickly, there's something we need to understand. We don't always seem to get immediate results when we pray. We know that. <laughs> There's no point saying, I prayed yesterday, I haven't got the answer today. That doesn't make any sense. In fact, if we didn't 
have to wait sometimes for our prayer, this whole teaching would be irrelevant. <laughs> we wouldn't need to be told to persist in our prayer if our prayers were always answered immediately. Our definition of quick justice is not the same as the Lord's definition. We often define quickly as soon or even immediately. But God defines quickly as without delay, but at the appointed time, at the appropriate time. Did you? Let me say that again. We often define quickly as soon or quite often immediately. God defines quickly as without delay, but at the appointed time and at the appropriate time. However long we may have to wait, God's answer is sure and certain. Let me explain what I mean. You're familiar with the book of Revelation. Revelation 22.20. The last words of Jesus. As he closes his testimony that he gave to his servant John. Revelation 22.20. In the NIV it says that Jesus who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. But I believe the King James Version has a better translation. It says, surely I come quickly. I think that's a better version. What Jesus is saying when he says I come quickly, mean, he means I'm coming suddenly, unexpectedly, without delay, but at the appointed time, at the appropriate time. After all, when was Revelation written? The book of Revelation. 2,000 years ago. So obviously Jesus didn't say I'm coming soon. <laughs> not, not according to our understanding of what soon means. What he's saying is he's coming quickly. Unexpectedly. Like a thief in the night. When we least expect him. But without delay. When God the Father says go, Jesus comes. It's as sudden as that. Without delay. That's what suddenly means. That's what quickly means. So when Jesus says that we will get our answer quickly, he doesn't mean sometime tomorrow, necessarily. It may be tomorrow, it may be today. But sometimes we may have to wait. Because God works according to an appointed time. Remember the scripture says that Jesus came in the fullness of time. When the time was right. At God's appointed time. And when Jesus returns... He returns when the Father says he will return at God's appointed time. God is a God of appointment. He makes appointments and he works according to those appointments. God does everything after the counsel of his own will. God doesn't consult anyone else according to how he works. So we have to wait for him because he does everything in his own time according to his own purpose under heaven scripture says it doesn't it there's a time for every season under heaven so we have to wait for God's timing don't get ahead of God wait persist continue 
Does that make sense? I hope so. Don't be too hasty when you pray. Don't say, I prayed yesterday and I haven't got the answers. That's it. I give up. Persist in your prayer. Wait for the answer. God is working according to his timetable. Remember, God is working for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And he's working everything for our good. So everything's got to come together. Amen. Not just your bit. <laughs> Not just Pastor Paul's bit. Not just Linda's bit. He's working everything together for our good. Amen. He's like those knitters. <laughs> He's knitting everything together. He's pulling everything together. So we have to wait. He's not, He's not just working on our bit. He's working everything together. So wait on God. It will happen, but in his time and according to his purpose. So the parable of the persistent widow demonstrates that effective prayer requires tenacity. The ability to hold on. That's what tenacious means. It means I'm holding on tight. I'm holding on tight to God. I'm holding on tight to his word. I'm holding on tight to his promises. Because they are yea and amen. amen. In Christ Jesus. Every single promise of God is yea and amen. They are certain. So hold on. Be tenacious. Don't give up. Persevere. Continue to be faithful. A genuine disciple of Jesus must learn that to pray means to never give up. And that prayer is based on absolute faith and absolute trust in God. We can fully depend on God on our Lord to answer our prayers. When, where, and how he chooses. When, where, and how he chooses. Not when, where, and how I choose. I have to wait on God. He will answer in his time. In his way. At the appropriate time. And when he answers, it will be perfect. It will be just the right time. So don't give up. God is never too late. <laughs> he always answers prayer at the right time. In good time. So wait on him. Matthew 7, 7 to 8. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And just in case we didn't get it, he goes on. For everyone who asks, receives. He or she who seeks, finds. And to him, to her who knocks, the door will be opened. So persist. And I'm given to understand that these verbs are in the present continuous. You know what that means? Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. It's not a one-time thing. 
It's not ask and stop. Continue to ask. Continue to seek. Continue to knock. You learned a bit of grammar today. <laughs> the present to continue a sense. <laughs> Why do we keep asking, seeking and knocking? Because everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So God expects us to keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, keep on praying until the answer comes. So wait on God. He cannot fail and he will not fail. So disciples of Jesus are people of persistent faith and of consistent faith. Jesus goes on, verse 8. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Interesting question, isn't it? After Jesus is speaking about persistent prayer, he says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Interesting question. What do you think? How will we answer that question? It's important to understand that whenever Jesus asks a question, his intention is always to provoke reflection and thought. Jesus never asks a question because he doesn't know the answer. <laughs> he wants to provoke us to think and to reflect on the question and on the answer. One Thessalonians 5.17 tells us to pray continually. Paul stresses that continual devotion to prayer should be a way of life for the Christian. Prayer should be basic to us as breathing. No one has to remind you to breathe, do they? <laughs> you just keep breathing. <laughs> and you don't find it difficult. You don't find it complicated. You just keep breathing. Well, prayer should be the same. Prayer should be as simple as breathing and as natural as breathing. Nothing complicated, nothing difficult. In the same way I keep breathing, I should keep praying. The Lord wants us to consider, will he find faithful praying people on the earth when he returns? Or will he find people who have given up? Who prayed a few times and thought, oh, this isn't working. And they give up. What will Jesus find when he returns? Will he find people still praying when he comes? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Will he find people who have given up? People who have not persisted in prayer? Faithless people who have lost their trust in God? Jesus wants each of us to consider this. 
In which group of people am I? In which group of people will I be? Am I in the group that who persist in prayer? Or will I be in the group of people who have given up? That's why Jesus asked the question. He wants us to reflect on our circumstance, our situation. Do I persist in prayer? Or do I give up quickly? Something to think about. Let's sum up. What have we learned? Let's recap. Let's go back to verse 1. Luke 18, 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So what did we learn from the parable of the persistent widow and the unjust judge? First of all, we must be persistent in our prayer. And we must never give up in our prayer. God is faithful and God is just. And he will answer our prayer. When, where and how he chooses. Secondly, we must be consistent in our prayer. We must continue to pray in faith and continue to pray by faith, believing and trusting in God for the answer. Our third lesson, Jesus affirms that if an uncaring, unfit, ungodly judge answers with justice in the end, how much more with our loving and holy Heavenly Father give what is right to his children. And our fourth lesson, we do not always seem to get immediate answers and results when we pray, because our definition of quick and immediate is not the same as our Lord's definition. God defines quickly as without delay, at the appointed time and at the appropriate time. Faithful, never ceasing, persistent prayer is the permanent calling. Yes, it's a calling of every true disciple of Christ. We are called to pray. And we must be dedicated to prayer as we live for the kingdom of God. Those who live in the kingdom of God are people of prayer and we must persist in prayer. And like the persistent widow, we're also needy people. We're dependent people. And we trust in our gracious, loving, merciful Father to supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus and he will supply our need. Amen? Amen.
to God be the glory. Amen. Amen.